Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you all. This is the Business Day Spotlight, your destination for African business made simple. My name is Mdiwa Gavaza, and for today, we are getting uh, into the world of insurance, taking a deep dive into the industry that is uh, meant to help us, uh, you know, to protect against some of the more unforeseen parts of life and, uh, you know, some of the strain that that industry has taken. What is the state uh, that insurers are in right now? And, you know, where to from here? And we are joined by uh, Cedric Masondo, who is uh, the Chief Executive Officer of PSG Insure. And we're going to be getting a view of what uh, the local industry looks like, um, you know, from uh, one of its leaders. Cedric, greetings to you today. Hi, good afternoon. And yeah, happy to be uh, invited. No, that's good to hear. Now, Cedric, uh, before we get into the meat and potatoes of today, um, perhaps we can get some insight into um, PSG Insure and, uh, you know, what it is. We often interact with your colleagues on this platform uh, from uh, the PSG wealth side of things. But when it comes to PSG Insure, maybe you could give us um, uh, some insight into what it is that you guys are doing and uh, the type of business that you're in. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. And you correctly said that uh, there's PSG wealth uh, within the within the PSG financial services and then PSG asset management. And then the third division, I mean, it's, it's, it's PSG in short. When basically we're a division of PSG that deals with the short-term insurance uh, or, or legally, some people call it non-life. So within that division, we have uh, advisors that basically advise clients uh, on, on, on non-life or, or short-term uh, issues. And then we've got a platform and then we have an insurance company called Western. So that's basically one of the division within the PST financial services. Now, maybe you could also, just as a point of clarity, because obviously when we talk about non-life, um, having spoken to a number of insurers on this platform, we often talk about, um, I think, you know, there's household, there's goods, there's vehicles, all of this stuff. Um, is this the universe that you're playing in or are there specific, you know, types of uh, products that you guys are offering? No, we, we, we cover broad, I mean, broad range of products, uh, whether it's advisors and or an insurance company. I mean, as you as you rightly saw, uh, non-life deals with the, those properties that are static and also deals with covering properties that are moving. So whether it's your vehicle, whether it's your goods in transit, and and, and then on the static side, whether it's your building, uh, whether it's your stock, and, and 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 but it also deals with the levels of or whether it's personal lines. Personal lines will be you and me. And commercial lines, uh, which is a com- co- a corporate or small commercial business, so that's basically uh, what what we what we play. We play in that in that space. Okay, cool. No, that's fine. I think that gives us some insight into um, what the world of PSG Insure looks like. And um, right now, the discussion that we're having is about the fact that um, the emergence or 
um, I guess, the realization of a prolonged hard insurance market uh, that South Africa, you know, is currently going through. Maybe you could characterize for us when we say a hard insurance market. Are we saying that it's a difficult market? Are we saying that it's a stagnant market? Uh, How do we characterize a hard insurance market? In a simple way, hard market means that uh, if you just go back to economics one-on-one, it basically means that there, there is a demand. The demand is high for, for a particular product. In this case, it will be the cover or insurance cover, but the supply is, is, is not matching the demand. So, And then the result of that will be that the pricing will go up because the demand is high and the supply is, 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 is short and the terms will be high. So we, in the last four years, we've entered the hard market. Prior to that, we're in the soft market, which basically means that there were enough insurance company, enough insurance company also prepared to provide cover for 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 for, for clients. So that's, I mean, if you're a client, that's, a, that's quite a nice position to be in because there's a lot of insurance company chasing your business and they're prepared to offer you good terms at a, at a very low price. So we we've I mean four years like I've started in the last four years we we've experienced where they're not insurance companies are very careful on 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 what we call capacity or, or on the insurance that they want to offer and 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 as a result they're prepared to offer those good clients but uh, and but they're also prepared to to price it correctly so that's why we we call it hard market. Um, Cedric, am I correct, you know, just uh, in understanding what you've just said, am I correct in saying that uh, the last couple of years, um, you know, when we think about uh, the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, the the risk that it brought to people's lives, the, the risk that it brought to people's, um, I guess, livelihoods, ability to have income, um, the unrest that we saw uh, in places like KZN and Tang, you know, all of these different factors have driven up demand for for for, for insurance. Um, and you know, to use uh, basic economics one hundred and one, where you have an over demand of a particular good, it forces prices to rise. That we are faced in a situation where. Uh, premiums are rising because um, there simply is a lot of demand where the whether it's consumers or businesses that are looking to you know have better protections in place. Yes, you're correct. I mean, the the trigger maybe we can just move to what what is the trigger for this in our case? The trigger of this hard market was, I mean, just bear in mind that the economy is not growing that much. So the demand will not be just because there's a lot of people buying cars or buying properties. In this case, the demand will be just awareness. The increase in the demand will just be awareness because clients realize that I do need a fire policy. I do need flood policy because they've been recent floods. But I also do need a a, a riot type cover, which is called SASU. So the demand is fueled by that. But the short the supply, the, the, the low sub, uh, shortage of supply has been because the insurance company have made losses. Insurance and reinsurance is starting from the COVID, where insurance companies paid a lot of claims as a result of COVID claims. And then the following year, we had the July, I mean, July riots in 2021, July riots, which cost, I mean, about 32 billion. And then after that, we had floods in the Cape, we had 
two events in the Cape last year. Oh, I mean, before that, we had floods in KZN. Then last year, we had two events of floods in KZN, um, in, in, in the Cape. So the demand, whilst the demand has increased because of the awareness and people wanting the insurance, but the supply side, the insurance company have paid, I mean, massive claims and they've decided that they're no longer willing just to offer the, the, the cover at, at any price because they want to recover and price the rest properly. So that's how, the, I mean, that's how this was triggered. So, and it will continue until the, we, we reach some balance where the insurance companies feel that they've priced it pro- properly and, and, and they have enough capacity, there's enough for insurance prepared to offer them capacity to go back to the market. So the cover is there. It's not like the cover insurance is not, it's not available. It is available, but at a higher price than, than in the past. Um, one of the things that is interesting, um, we've spoken to a number of insurance insurers on this platform. Um, you know, some on the static, uh, static non-life side, and some on the life side. And you know, it is interesting just observing the different, um, you know, push and pull factors uh, that are at play. I remember we um, spoke to one of the competitors in the life space. And they had, you know, pushed up prices by about six or seven percent. Um, but you know, on the on 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 the side that you are playing on, you know, maybe you could give us some insight as PSG Insure. Um, obviously, there's the industry view that you've given us, but as PSG Shore Insure, uh, rather, how has you know all these factors uh, affected your business in particular? So maybe let me start with the. Uh... The, the 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 business the the advisors part of of our business i mean from the advisors of course the advisors they don't lose capital so their job is to advise clients and 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 and, and what type of cover is available from the advisor side i mean there's been a massive increase in in, in changes in the insurance so if you look at number of things that have been implemented by insurance companies and changes in the policy weddings. And last year, all, almost all insurance companies, because of the increase in theft, they introduced uh, different measures. They required insurance companies, I mean, clients to have two, I mean, uh, to, to install trackers, two type of trackers in the in the in certain vehicles. And and also last year with 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 high uh, frequency of load sharing, insurance companies started introducing, I mean, re- uh, removing or putting an exclusion totally on grid failure and putting restrictions on on on, on load sharing or power surge claim. So from the advisor side, that's a responsibility of an advice to go back to the client and advise clients on what to do. I mean, you can imagine for clients, it's just been overwhelming. You're getting all these things. Uh, and and you don't know what to do, and you don't even know which insurance companies to choose from because the weddings are different, and so so that's the impact from uh, that we've seen just advisors being busy and having to look at it, but also guiding the clients. I mean, I mean, everyone's got limited pilot, I mean, budget. Guiding the clients on what to cover. I mean, just limited on the on the, on on on, your, on on their resources from the. Western side, which is one of the insurance companies that is owned by PSG Insure, I mean, we've all paid claims. I mean, the last the KZN claims cost us a couple of millions. The last two claims for 
flood claims in the Western Cape cost us also a couple of million. And, and, and for us, we just have, I mean, just bear in mind that there is competition. You are not just alone. Just to balance that and price the risk properly and also make sure that you, in your pricing, you take into consideration the increase in, in weather patterns, the increase in uh, uh, changes in the infrastructure. But you also take into account that you've got a competition and, and, and so on. So, so that's, that's been a, a quite a balancing factor for, for Western because they need to make sure that those clients that are, that they've implemented good risk management, those clients that haven't had big claims, you don't overprice them because you're going to lose those clients to your competitors. Whilst those cl clients that have a terrible bad loss, loss ratio, you will have to adjust your price because, you know, so there are other factors that affect you in your pricing. Um, let's actually talk a little bit about that, Cedric, because I like the fact that we're getting into some of the, the nitty gritties and I guess for, for, for me as a non-insurance expert, um, I would imagine that um, the work of uh, whether that's actuaries or whoever's, you know, modeling the risk is now completely different. You know, when we think about everything that has happened over the last um, couple of years, whether it was COVID, whether it was the riots, you know, where that's geopolitical stuff, I'm pretty sure that the the models uh, have changed in a significant way. Um, and I'm sure that leads to what you're talking about, where um, you're now trying to balance, you know, the greater risk, but trying to be com um, competitive um, with your pricing. Does it also mean that as a group you are, um, you know, perhaps a little bit more, vigilant about the types of customers that you that you accept to take on you know for insurance products yeah so 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 i mean they i mean they're saying that you can't price the bad risk so it doesn't matter how how, <laughs> how, how pricing your code is but if you're dealing with somebody or dealing with some with client who is not really conscious of 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 his of his risk there's absolutely nothing you can do. You can charge the price, but you will get claims. I mean, insurance companies are there to pay claims. That, that's a fact. But the, the whole idea of an insurance company works is that we all contribute into a pool. And if one day uh, as, as a contributor to this pool, I've got the unfortunate uh, incident, then the money from the pool will come and pay for me. The money is, is is in the pool. There's no money other than the money in the pool. It's all the premium that we we we, we contribute into the pool. So it's quite it's quite important, especially now with so many factors affecting us, that we price it correctly so that we all pay pay our share to this pool. Because you don't want to this pool to be I mean to have, uh, to have less I mean money available into this pool. So that's basically the concept of. Of actuaries, but I don't think the actuaries will be happy if I just simplify it like that. The modeling needs to be, I mean, it's extremely complicated. So, I mean, a couple of years ago, we used to think uh, climate change is an emerging risk. So you wouldn't price it in your, in your fire risk. But if you look at the fact that we had floods in the last 10, this in, I, mean, I mean, you had floods two years ago in case of that, you had floods, two floods, Event floods in in, in 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 the in the Western Cape, in in the era of Lady Lady Smith, 
seem to have floods. That that town seems to be flooded almost every second year. So it means that as your pricing needs to really evolve and you take into account all those things. If you just look on the motor risk, there, there is more the infrastructure, whether you're driving and you find potholes, that comes back to the insurance company. You need to price all those risks. Some of the some of the municipalities that used I mean, used to have a top class fire fire I mean uh, fire engines. I mean, they're not as as good as used to be. So you also need to price those things. So I think for an insurance company, the job of an actuary has not has been important as it is now. I mean, when I started, we never had the, I mean, actuaries were only live people, but uh, we rely on the actuaries to make sure that the risk is priced properly. But we also rely on actuaries to make sure that we are, we are holding adequate capital at all times. And when it comes to um, all those decisions, whether it's the pricing, whether it's the modeling, um, and then assessing risk, maybe what we can do, you know, is to look forward into the future. We've characterized uh, the problem and, you know, where things um, have stand, uh, where things stand rather, and how we got to this point. But, you know, going forward, um, how do you see, um, how do you see things changing, um, especially in terms of the types of things that as insurers you'll be looking at? And then secondly, on my side is how much of the factors that you've highlighted as having gotten us to this point do you see persisting into the long term? Because obviously some of these things are short term. So people realizing that, oh, my goodness all this stuff is happening, I need insurance. How many of those people actually stay holding on to the insurance products versus those um, that uh, are likely just going to fall off when things normalize, quote-unquote? Yeah, maybe if we just look on the demand side. So we're hoping that demand will even increase, but that's driven mainly by people continue to have insurance and 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 that's that's why insurance companies continue to advertise insurance because it's it's one of those invisible products so you don't buy and see the product you're buying home so on the demand side we really hope that uh, the the people will will continue to buy insurance and and because that creates the pool to be bigger but of course on the demand side we really hope that the economy can really can start seeing the economy growing because as the economy grows, that pool becomes bigger because people will have to buy insurance for their cars whatever, and, and for their buildings and, 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 and so on. And then we'll have also more companies. Uh, so if, if, if the companies are facing liquidation, there's more closure on companies, then the, the demand slow down because you don't have too many people uh, looking for insurance. On the supply side, I think the insurers have, I mean, I think we've priced it properly. I think we might be seeing just stability on the pricing. I don't, I don't anticipate further increases. I think the pricing will remain at this level overall uh, for for from the from the supply side. I think we we do know now uh, the, the the type of weather they were getting. We've priced it. We've priced the insurance because that was also a big factor. But we've also priced some of the issues that are affecting losses. So of course. The pricing depends on an individual. If you're a good risk, you'll be able to benefit and 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 get a lesser 
price than a high risk. Um, one of the things I'm quite curious about when when we're talking, obviously now we are we've given the the, the view to the future. But um, before we let you go, Cedric, is to say. What did, because one of the statements that you made earlier on was uh, the fact that one of the business, one of the things that insurance companies are there to do is to pay claims. Um, and I wanted to maybe get some understanding. I think there was a number that you that you gave earlier on um, around uh, the riots and the amounts of money that had to be paid out. But, you know, on average, when we look at claims rates during, let's say, your 2010s, or any preceding period, you know, to what we're seeing now. Maybe you could help us to characterize, you know, just how big um, the difference has become across the industry. So the insurance, I mean, so, 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 so maybe a couple of things. So one of the, of being in, in an insurance company, especially in the insurance industry, is that you are heavily regulated. So the Prudential Authority, not just regulate and see whether you're conducting business, I mean, properly, but they also check that you have adequate capital. So the idea of the capital is that you must be prepared in your balance sheet to have what we call one in 200. So one in 200 event must still be covered. So if there's something that happens that we think can only happen in one in 200, you must have adequate money to pay for those claims and continue to operate the following day. So that's, that, I mean, for a client, I think that's quite a, a nice, I mean, comfort that insurance companies are not just, I mean, having premium to pay claims. On top of the premium, the pool that I was talking about, there's money sitting in the balance sheet to cover that. And as to how much claims have increased, so insurance companies work on what we call a loss ratio. So if, if I take your 100 rand, the idea is that in your 100 rand, about 60 rand of that must be able, you must use that money to pay claims only. So the balance will be used to pay expenses, reinsurance, and whatever. So if that that 60 rand goes up to 80 rand, then it means that the insurance will start making losses. So in during COVID, we saw insurance companies moving to the loss side. I mean, when the loss ratio was not good. So, but I think with proper pricing, we're back to, I mean, in, uh, to the level where insurance companies are making about five to ten percent underwriting margin. So on your premium, the insurance are making about five rand as a profit, and that's important for insurance company to make that five rand or five to ten rand as a profit on a hundred rand premium because that builds your reserves. But that's also money that they they I mean if if it's a listed company, it's got shareholders. That's the money that it's pay it's for the shareholders uh, returns. And then um, perhaps as a way to round up today's discussion, uh, which has been quite interesting to understand where, you know, insurance and insurers, um, you know, find themselves. One of the things that you mentioned just now was the fact that um, you sort of hope that demand is actually, you know, actually going to rise. Uh, but at least on a consumer level, I can talk as a consumer, um, is that insurance is often seen as a grudge purchase. You know, you don't realize how important it is to have insurance until something goes wrong. And then you realize, oh, actually, it was important for me to have, um, you know, this product in place. Do you, um, do you sort of see people, what's the word I'm looking for? Do you sort of see people 
continuing to make you know some of those purchases of insurance product um, having been informed by all the things that went wrong in the last couple of years yes it's a grudge purchase but it's something that's important i guess what i'm asking about is the education piece that the last couple of years have probably educated or at least scared people into buying more insurance is that a trend uh, that you know will persist in the you know medium to long term or yeah yeah that's yeah that's the question yeah yeah i think i think the last three years we've had incident in the country uh, i mean which affected i mean everyone not just big business big business small business and 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 i guess that was one of the lessons for most people that they realize the importance of having a short-term insurance i mean not thinking it's a crash basis but realize that if you don't have insurance you're just i mean exposing your, your assets which you've worked for i mean in, during the riots i was a ceo at Sarge during that time for me there was nothing as painful as seeing a small business having stock and the business within the mall and and nothing there and having to uh, and they didn't buy Saja. and that was just one of the worst thing and and, and I, I had a number of examples people coming back and and Saja, and i was there and we said well, no we couldn't help you because you don't have insurance i mean at that time i mean even now it was extremely cheap to have Saja. so if you look in the in in based on your capital it is something that you have to do it you have, if you have a car you've got a house you have to insure your assets because the, the the risk of of a claim and not having insurance will destroy you forever. I mean, it's, and for some people, you will never be able to recover. So it's a price that I think all of us need to pay because if you don't do it, it you just your life. You, you will never be able to recover at all. Yeah, very, very, very somber words. You'll never be able to recover, you know, especially if you don't have um, some of these, uh, you know, some of these protections in place. Last thing from us, um, Cedric, is the types of things that people are insuring for or the types of things that people are, are insuring against. Um, are, do you anticipate any changes, you know, on in terms of that mix? Um, because, for example, I think during COVID, there was a lot of movement towards life products, a lot of income protection type of things. But through the riots, it was more about being able to have, you know, uh, goods insurance, household insurance, stock insurance, business insurance, uh, that type of thing. Um, any any risks that you're anticipating down the line, or do you see the the, the set of risk factors sort of remaining stable um, for the foreseeable future? Yeah, I think I think I mean for corporate and commercial clients, I mean for. They, have, they, they are privileged because they have uh, advisors who guide them. And for individuals, I mean, the risk is quite simple. So I don't see the risk change. I mean, selection changes. Of course, people are now having to make selections because there are sources. So there's a trade-off of, of, of not insuring everything, just depending on the, on the resources. The interest rate has gone up. I mean, the disposable income for people is really under attack. So people are making those choices, uh, but it's not drastic changes, but yeah, they're making choices 
and just making the rain travel and traveling a little bit further. So that's been it. It has been a really great uh, conversation with Cedric Masondo, who is uh, the CEO of uh, PSG Insure. Uh, They are one of the business units inside of PSG. And uh, he was just giving us uh, some insight into the state of the insurance industry in South Africa, um, characterizing what a hard market is um, and the factors that have gone into creating the market um, that we have right now. Also going into the factors um, you know, that have been affecting consumers and businesses and, you know, which of these trends, you know, continue to persist, um, you know, how these risk factors have evolved and what we're likely to see um, going forward. One of the things that he does mention is that uh, they do anticipate uh, that demand is, uh, you know, likely going to rise. Uh, but he is talking about the fact that uh, the last couple of years have educated people, you know, that insurance is more than just a grudge purchase, but you know, one of those essential things um, that a business does need to have. I'm currently recording, we're currently recording this, um, at least where I am in Johannesburg, there's currently uh, a storm, as uh, as is the case in the summer here. And it reminds me of all the hailstorms that have happened in the last couple of months and, uh, you know, the damage to property, to vehicles and the like that people have had. So it is an interesting one because one of the things that Cedric mentioned is the issue of climate, weather patterns, uh, climate change. And, you know, as I'm looking at the sky right now and it's about to rain i am thinking of all of those uh, different factors so that's been it cedric thank you so much for being with us today thank you very much And that's been it for this edition of the Business Day Spotlight. Remember that you can find our latest podcast on Business Live. That's under the podcast Business Day Spotlight tab on Twitter. We're hashtag BD Spotlight. And remember that you can review and subscribe for free on iono.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, or wherever you choose to get your pods casted. I've been Mudio Gavaza of the Business Day and Financial Mail. And this has been another edition of the Business Day Spotlight, which is a multimedia live production. So from us, and the rest of the team. It is a good evening, good afternoon, and good morning.